0: This is a Bulldog Radio podcast.
1: It's the MBSP brought to you by Bulldog Radio. Brandon, it's a beautiful day in Big Rapids. It's a beautiful day in the studio. 75 and sunny. I rode my bike to class today. I rode my bike all around. It's great to just get outside and soak up some sun.
2: Yeah, I mean, what a glorious day. Oh, I mean, yeah. 70 degrees, sunshine out, and frankly, like, it's September,
1: and it's we're getting days like, this. like this. And we're getting days like this. You yeah. gotta love it. Where's the
2: Michigan sleet, the snow that's supposed to come in, and yeah. Mother Nature? Where's the or snow day, one
1: snow day by Thanksgiving? At, like, that's gotta be coming around pretty soon. But nonetheless, probably soak it up before it goes away. You know where it's not gonna be here for, for sure. too much longer. But we got a packed show today, Brandon. Ferris State Sports Report, as always. A couple more topics coming on after that. But the big thing, Brandon, we got Ian Hall, Ferris State defensive end, coming mm-hmm. on the show today for a quick interview. Greatly appreciate his time. But Brandon, without further ado... We'll swing it on over into the interview. Now in studio join with our
2: friend defensive end from Fair State football, Ian Hall here on the show with us. Ian, welcome.
1: Yeah, how's it going? Happy to have you on, man. So first question we got for you. So the past year, uh, you know, not playing at all last year, kind of just being focused on schoolwork and all that. You've been playing the waiting game. With all the expectations and so many fans showing up for the first game of the season, how was it kind of dealing with a build up
0: for the first game with a packed house at Top Taggart? Um, it was it was it was sweet to see all the the fans and on our bulldog walk, see everyone out there. Yeah. Um, for sure missed it. But yeah, it was it was it was great to see all the fans. Great to actually be able to hit someone other than than uh us out there. So hit someone hard, yeah. Yeah. It was it was awesome. It was really awesome. Yeah, yeah, I can
2: believe it. I mean, not necessarily the the same atmosphere um, as it was in 2020. Basically, none. But uh, I mean, looking back um, in 2019, I mean, obviously, you guys had a, on a fantastic run, semifinals, then uh, the then dreaded West Florida game. But um, coming back from there, and now looking into this season, what are some things that you've noticed already here in these first two games that um, have been have been a little different and changed as far as being there on the upward um, compared to that 2019 season.
0: Um, uh, we're more hungry this year since we, we kind of just threw that last game. It was, it was 600, almost 600 games since we played last and we kind of just threw that game away and we, uh, we're for sure more hungry this season, but we, we're just taking it st- step by step and just, just wait every week, every week, we're just yeah. got to win every quarter basically. So yeah. What, one game, one game said, at a time. Yeah. One game at a time. Exactly.
1: Yeah, one of my favorite things too from the first week was you guys donned the Punisher jerseys, the uh, the famous red red tops, black bottoms uh, with the red helmets. I mean, you've played in a plethora for your for basically for your tenure year or tenure at Ferris State. Uh, which combo has been your favorite one to wear? Uh,
0: that one's for sure up there. Um, either that one or the all gray. Mm-hmm. We've only we I think I've only got to wear the. Our grays are only a few years old, but I only mm-hmm. got to wear the gray once in 2019. We only wear it like once a year, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, keep them special. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, either the Punisher one or the all grays for sure. Gray top, gray bottom.
2: Yeah, I feel like that one's an underrated one because, I mean, obviously, like, the whites are pretty memorable. The Punisher's probably the most memorable. But, I mean, the grays, I mean, it throws a, it throws a nice alternate in there. But uh, would you ever think that Ferris would ever go to maybe like a black? top jersey i Black, think out would, would that be kind of a, a thing that could happen
0: um i've i've heard some rumors that they might i'm not really sure uh i think it would be a awesome awesome uh, jersey if they did do it that would be pretty sweet uh
1: yeah so team face ashland last week had a long drive uh they've been known for giving some top teams some tough competition i know we talked a little bit before the show started uh that they were getting pretty chippy what was practice like knowing that you're going to go into a packed house at dayfield and kind of be the ones that were going to be in the in the unfamiliar
0: place uh yeah, um with that team they uh they always give us uh not just us but everyone. They always a good team. They always uh give us a dogfight and we 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 took it to them. We we practiced hard that week. We knew that they were going to take it to us until the end of the the fourth quarter and we took it to them, so awesome it was awesome yeah
2: yeah for sure and one thing that i've noticed so far in the the first couple games as far as on the defensive side of the ball you guys have done a great job of forcing turnovers especially in the air with the interceptions and you guys on the line have done a great job of getting to the quarterback (laughs) with three sacks so far this year i mean what's been what's been the key as far as you guys up front Obviously, we got our our buddy jordan jones up there with you Mm -hmm. and um just being able to get over to the quarterback what's made you guys so successful so far
0: uh yeah uh good question um I think with our defensive line is we have so many great players on the D-line right now is that we substitute like every every series. Say we get tired, those four people get tired, we got another four coming in that are just as good as the first four, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or we got 10 guys that are ready to go, you know what I mean? So uh, we just don't get tired basically. We're, we try to wear out the old lines and – that's how, we, that's how it goes, yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah, is, yeah just chip away yeah, yeah, exactly. as much as you yep. can. Exactly, depth, like you said. It's really good.
1: Yeah, Saginaw Valley is going to be coming to town uh, this weekend. Top Tiger, once again, is going to be packed uh, to the roof. What has the defense kind of been focusing on uh, this week to prepare for the Cardinals?
0: Yeah, so uh, we're just – right now we're basically uh, preparing against ourselves because Coach Brady, he coached here for mm-hmm. many years, yeah. and now he's the head coach at uh, Saginaw. He took their, our offense and brought it over there. And so we're basically just preparing against ourselves, our offense a little bit, maybe change it up a little bit, and then uh, we just can't beat ourselves out there. So, yeah, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's been, like, one of the, the big M.O.s with our program. It's like we're better than a lot of teams, especially in this conference. Mm-hmm. It's really are we going to beat M or are we going to beat ourselves, really. It's been the big thing. Exactly. And I mean, as far as, like, mental toughness, I mean, this team, and, I mean, you guys went through – A really tough time especially with that 2020 season basically just being eradicated before your own eyes and Mm -hmm. what's been like the key things to stay on track stay keep through get to spring ball get back to the fall and get back in pads and what's been like the biggest help for you to get through
0: that that just devastating time Um, biggest help would be knowing like how good of our team our team's gonna be and how good we actually are Um, we just keep our eyes eyes on the prize for real like mm-hmm. I said earlier, we we can we can do it, but we just got to keep our eyes on the prize, stay focused, stay hungry. Um, Yeah. That's self-discipline. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And
1: we all know how much the Big Rapids community loves watching Bulldog football. It's something that everybody's looking forward to, especially for this Saturday. What's your favorite thing about walking out of the Bulldog, top tagger, warming up, game day type
0: situation, seeing everybody in the crimson and gold and just cheering you guys on? Uh, my favorite thing is – Seeing, watching that little, they always have like a little video up on the big screen Mm -hmm. watching that. And then after that, we all run out uh, between the cheerleaders um, and then everyone just going crazy. So that's my favorite thing. Yeah, that's one of my
1: favorites too, just kind of seeing the buildup of the yeah. of the day come through and then it's finally here and then you guys are running out and exactly. everybody's cheering And then the for student
0: you. section's right there and that's a hustle. Awesome. Yeah. You hear them yelling and stuff. So Yeah, rock the awesome top. Experience. We need that filled
2: up there on oh, Saturday yeah. exactly. night, man. We need that filled up. Um, great, great questions so far. And one last one for you, Ian. What is your favorite thing about being a Ferris State Bulldog?
0: My favorite thing would have to be uh, my teammates and my brothers, coaches, all of them always out there support me support each other so Uh, and then um we grind we grind that's my Mm -hmm. favorite thing that's awesome bunch of dogs out here yeah
1: yeah well ian thank you so much for taking time out of the busy week i know you guys have been preparing for saginaw and you know you want to probably get home get some rest uh, yeah you had practice hard today uh so thank you so much for coming on yeah thanks for having me guys i appreciate it Thanks again to Ian for coming on the show. We know they're getting pretty busy just prepping for Saginaw Valley uh, this upcoming weekend. Very much looking forward to getting around and going to Top Tagger on Saturday. But I guess we'll just start off with Ferris State football. They, As you know from earlier episodes, they did play Ashland over the weekend, got the big win, but what we're really focusing on here today, Brandon, is Saginaw. They're going to be a I don't know if they're going to be a tough matchup because what I thought at the start of the year was they had some new guys, they had a little bit better of a team, but they haven't really been playing too well in kind of this preseason. Uh, And now that we're opening up GLIAC play, we'll see where they kind of fall.
2: Yeah, I mean, I know... Going back to my to my bold prediction earlier, doing the fall sports preview, as I said, Saginaw is going to be definitely a team to watch out for. I had the same thing. I'll stick a, <laughs> I'll stick my ground, and I say they're still going to be a good team. I think they're definitely not going to be like a fold over like a, some other teams will be. Frankly, like we're talking maybe about Northwood. No defense, no offense mm-hmm. to Northwood, but their program's just not at our level yet. But I mean, right now, I mean, they had two pretty, pretty solid like competitors in their their out of conference. You could you could call it the preseason at that at this yeah. point in the year, um, with Texas A&M Kingsville, who they beat um, 13 to nine, and then they traveled to Bowie, State, or, uh, Bowie State, um, where they ended up losing that game. And I mean, just looking at that game, because I'm sure when you look on paper, it's like, yeah, they lost to Bowie State. Everybody at the na- like in the naked eye is like, Bowie State who's even hurt like they're 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 garbage like i don't like this this team's gonna be trash it's mm-hmm. gonna be a rollover and i mean it's like at the na- i'm like at the naked eye it's just not it's not there like they Saginaw does not look like a quality team but I mean Bowie State's a pretty reputable university out of Maryland and they're a pretty good football program so the fact is like they're they're no they're no slouch they're no fold over like some other teams that they could have played and they came out and they had the competition um they just it definitely seemed like looking back at some of those um some of those stats from that Saginaw Valley game their third downs they struggled like they were Mm 4 of 15 that's hard to even get the job done in the first place normally you're looking at like Low, low percentage scoring when you're only converting one out of four third downs. Like, can you imagine going through a game and punting three out of four times every drive? Yeah. And potentially punting every drive, but only one of the times you get more than four downs. Like, that's super hard to get through. They only had 178 yards of offense, and I mean, they still kept it to nine. I mean, their defense played pretty solid. So, I mean, you definitely like looking at it. There was a lot. It was a pretty sloppy game. I mean, we did. They did force two fumbles, so that will be something to watch Mm -hmm. as far as their linebacking and defensive core, what they're going to do against our run scheme, because you know with what we've done against Ashley and and
1: what we have right now is not they're going to really have to pick it up. I mean, especially against Bowie state. I mean, they were pretty close throughout the whole th- the first quarter. They were up 10, seven or sorry, 10. And then they kind of just kind of fell off uh, for the remainder of the first half. They were still back and forth though. Most of the time, up until about a minute left in the fourth quarter, when Bowie state got the winning touchdown, it was 19 to 21. So it was pretty cutthroat cutthroat throughout that whole time. Uh, just, just, I mean, it was just because of little mini mistakes and little mental relapses that kind of forced them to get the L in the column. But what I'm really kind of excited for is just to see how our offense is going to kind of approach this defense if we're going to kind of just see how that run game goes. Because uh, it doesn't seem like they're super great with uh, attacking this uh, run offense that we have, especially for how many uh, quarterbacks that we have in this kind of spread offense that we've been working with so far. And I don't know if Saginaw Valley is going to be able to kind of compete with that, especially when it gets to later times of the game. That's when we really start to pick it up because we've seen the first first half we'll, we'll get a good amount. We'll get maybe two, three touchdowns, but usually after the halftime's over is when I mean, we currently kind of start to pick it up, especially, and even when our second stringer's going, we still are able to do some damage as well. Yeah, to I mean, some. we scored
2: 21 points against Ashland in the third quarter, and we are yeah. already up 17-3. to Yeah. Like, that, that's not going to be a concern whatsoever. And mm-hmm. I think, like the The biggest part of what I'm looking at, as far as on paper, is like looking back at Saginaw's first couple of games. Like the third down was the the notable struggle. They they really have struggled on third down, and I mean obviously that that's a concern. But you're not gonna you're not gonna rely on that as an absolute because yeah. game by game it, it's differently. And I mean you want to plan for them to be good at their best, and because you don't want to just expect to come over and roll over. That's when upsets happen. Michigan mm-hmm. Appalachian State. Don't get me started. But like they think the biggest part. Is Saginaw is they're they're pretty good against their I I wouldn't say very good but they I would say that they're a much better passing offensive team and I think that they are a, a very good or I think they're very good in the secondary they're very smart mm-hmm. so I think that can be a concern when we do that's air the, it out but I mean that's the
1: one thing yeah that we have to kind of watch out for
2: yeah and but like on our side then you can counter that and say, well, that's not a concern. We'll just run it 50 times, yeah, and we'll that's just, how we won
1: our first two games. Yeah, so. we'll just be able to open it up the middle and be able to get some big runs through the through the center. But the one thing, too, is I think because uh, our uh, Saginaw Valley, they do have a pretty solid passing offense, uh, but our, our, our defense, that's the one thing that we do have to watch out for is because we've seen, especially with Finley and I think with Ashland, too, uh, when when they when off, opposing offenses do uh, tend to air it out. That's when we do see a little bit more of struggle on our side, but nonetheless, our defense is able to pick it up. I mean, we're able to flush guys out of the pocket and kind of create some pressure and some forced passes, but when there is kind of cracks in our defense and there's situations where we need to make a big stop where they do get a third and long conversion. It's usually on a throw because sometimes we'll get a little bit mixed up. We've only seen that only a handful, not even a handful of times, only like one or two times, but that's really the only crack in our defense that we kind of have to watch out for. But only a couple of teams uh, in the GLIAC are playing in uh, basically on Saturday. Everyone else is going to be waiting for next Saturday to kind of get the matchups up. Davenport and Northern Michigan are going to be opening up their GLIAC play at 1 p.m., I believe, at Northern At Davenport, I believe. At Davenport? At Davenport. I'll make sure to check that over. Wayne State is going to be taking on Missouri S&T, kind of putting back before they get into GLIAC play at 2 p.m. Uh, Wisconsin lacrosse is going to be playing Grand Valley State at 3 p.m. So Grand Valley is also kind of going to be pushing off uh, Yeah, because they start also the had week
2: one postponed because yeah. of a
1: COVID game. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they're still in there. They're going to be still in their preseason, basically. And then if you are going to be in Big Rapids, come on out to Top Tiger at 7 p.m. Oh, Pack yeah. the house for a Saginaw Valley game. It's a great atmosphere. So if you guys are w- want something to do on Saturday night and you want to watch some good football, come on out and watch the Ferris State Bulldogs take we, on the Saginaw Valley Cardinals. Yeah,
2: absolutely. And I think like the biggest MO with um with like the football season is I know like um, obviously, from past experiences, like, I just, you can go off of our first two years here at college with you, me, and Joe, like, going to games, and I've been to some games even before that, mm-hmm. where the beginning of the year, it definitely, like, it's pretty hype because, I mean, obviously, it's like, yeah, football's back, and then, like, in the middle of the season, it gets a little stagnant. You don't see as many yeah. people in the stands. And you're usually and
1: near you, the end when we make the playoffs, it starts then to then get it goes a little back up bigger, again. But... So,
2: But, I mean, like, as far as this game, like, what to, I think this is definitely, like, on paper, it doesn't look like a must-view game. I think it's going to be an uh, an awesome game. Like I'm yeah. over, I'm Here's, looking at this game possibly being a little bit more of a inch I think this might be a more fan-favorite game. Yeah, much more enjoyable from the stands game than you're going to see. May probably next week at yeah. Davenport because like you were just talking about with um, the passing defense and I think you can correlate that just beautifully because of the fact that we lost James Caesar and Delon Stevenson this last offseason mm-hmm. who were our big play guys in the secondary and now we got a little bit younger in that department I mean we still have Sidney McLeod who's yeah. an absolute stud who's been um, killing it yeah but I mean the rest of around are going to are they're they're veteran players but they're not those top tier guys that yeah. um, necessarily aren't the playmakers quite yet well I mean we saw that in a couple of times where I mean they, some I mean f- first first drive against Finley didn't look too good some of them looking yeah, lost out no, no. on the field but then we figured it out obviously yeah. but
1: first I, game back in two years what are you going to do about yeah. it
2: so this game it, on paper it doesn't look to be as tough of a matchup but it's going to be very big play heavy Saginaw's a yeah. big play heavy team and so are we so it's going to be a slugfest we're going we're gonna to probably see some we're going to probably see some long TDs we're going to probably yeah. see some big runs some big throws some trick plays some big yeah. turnovers it's going to be an electric game where maybe Davenport Gonna be a little bit more gritty. It's gonna be a little bit more ground and pound battle in the trenches, which isn't necessarily as beautiful to the mind of you. So
1: yeah, gotta have a gotta have a certain love for football to be able to kind of enjoy those type of games. But also playing this weekend for Ferris State Athletics as the women's soccer team, they're going to be taking on Wisconsin Parkside coming tomorrow. I think if we're are we releasing this episode tomorrow? Yes. So I guess today at 1 p.m. uh they're gonna be taking on Wisconsin Parkside at Wisconsin Parkside, and then on Sunday to close out the weekend going to be. At at Purdue Northwest, also at 1 p.m. Two very good games that I'm looking forward to.
2: Yeah, I think it's going to be fun. I mean, right now we're on a roll. I mean, we've gotten Finley behind us. We're not even talking about that game anymore. That's how great they okay. play. I mean, we took it to Lindenwood at home, and we've beaten Ashland and Walsh now, and those are those are two pretty far contests as far as travel is concerned, and we're, it's right in that ballpark mm-hmm. with Parkside. I mean, that's going to be quite a little bit of a haul to get up there, but I mean, it's going to be. I, I'm, it's looking to be a good contest. I yeah. mean, right now Parkside um, is looking to be a pretty pretty solid team. They haven't played anybody in the Gleak yet, so you can't really make those full comparisons. As mm-hmm. of yet, or any common opponents so far, um, you got Winona State, Illinois, Springfield, uh, Drury, and Upper Iowa. Those two that they've played, and they've only played one road game right now. I think they're on their fi- I think they're on their fourth or fifth home game now. Um, this would be their fourth home game, mm-hmm. and they've only had one on the road. So they're kind of familiar with their with their own home field. Um, and I think that one thing that has been notable is that they've those have been very low scoring games i think the the highest scoring game was their opener was 3-1 and um all of our games have exceeded that outside of the finley games so yeah. i think a lot of goal scoring could be in for the cards um i mean it looks to be a really good matchup for us. I think on paper it looks really well. Um, I mean, we won against them last year, so uh, definitely looking probably at the same outcome this year, no question about it. And mm-hmm. I think the, I think that these girls are ready. I mean, they yeah. showed it, and I mean, we've seen we've seen magical things so far from this team. Um, I mean, we've lit the net up ever since. Like, it's just been, we've just been on a mission right yeah, now. Yeah, been on a roll. And there's really no other way to say that. I mean, we've gotten 12, 83 shots in four games, and that's 12 of them have been in the back of the net. I mean... 15 percent that's
1: pretty solid
2: that's pretty not solid, solid even, to say not even not even to
1: mention uh Daria our goalkeeper yeah. has been locked down i mean she, ha- she hasn't been faced too many shots but i mean for with a defense like that in front of her i mean she's been able to hold it down as well she's been locking down defensive player of the week for the gliac uh, i think it was the past two weeks in a row mm-hmm. at least but uh so hopefully she, i mean i know she'll be able to kind of keep this uh uh, performance going, especially against Wisconsin Parkside, and I mean, we're running hot. I mean, last two wins have been on the road, so I don't think it's going to be too much of a difference, and the next three games are going to be on the road, so might as well just get used to it as we're at the pro- at, at right now. I mean, we got 12 goals in the last three games, so hopefully we keep it rolling. Yeah, I mean,
2: when you we've got the firepower up front that we normally do uh, I mean it's 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 a really powerful offense. I mean, you're talking about Grace for Hodge, you're talking about Pia Nagel who was on our show. Um, I mean Peyton Price, they have all already scored this season at least once, and Emily Murder is also can be added into that list. It's just been uh, and then you could of course bring up Isn't Zamborini, the, the transfer, who has been absolutely phenomenal. She's leading the team with four goals so far this year, including one or uh, three of them in one game for a nice little hat trick. Yeah. So I mean it's going to be fun. I mean, this offense is ready to roll. I'm a, I'm going to predict a win here. i um, not trying to Same jinx or anything. You can go ahead and knock on that door for me, Joe. But um, I think this is going to be a, a very good game for us overall. And I think as long as we control the tempo and keep that fire on him, that eventually one of them is going to slip by. And then that's going to probably create a, a little bit of a slide and we get out of this one pretty easily.
1: Yeah, for sure. Very much looking forward to this weekend. Uh, especially for what's going on around the GLIAC as well. Uh, something that I'm going to be looking forward to as well. Let me pull it up here real quick. Uh, some matchups coming uh, this weekend, especially across the GLIAC. Uh Like we said, Ferris State's going to be taking on Parkside. Grand Valley State's going to be kicking off their GLIAC play against Northern Michigan. Northwood's gonna be facing off against Purdue Northwest and then Davenport is going to be facing off against Michigan Tech on Sat or Friday, excuse me. So definitely a big slate looking up. Definitely trying to uh definitely gonna be getting getting you guys those scores for Monday's show as well. So
2: Gonna be fun. Uh and then finally with our last couple of games here over the weekend. I mean, we have some more coming up earlier next week, which we will get to on our next week's show. Um volleyball is going to be on the road. They got two tough tests right off the I mean, Great already, to see it. already mentioned the schedule beef, but uh gonna start off <laughs> starting up at the top, I'm gonna go for the top dog. Northern Michigan is on the clock here for um tonight at seven PM when this episode <laughs> airs. Gonna be a gonna be a tough one. I mean, not saying anything about like like their favorite on paper or anything like that. They're they're the favorite right now in the conference for a reason. I mean, they mm-hmm. made that big run in the G tournament last year. They were a powerhouse. They beat us earlier in the season, and for good reason. Why they were a very good volleyball team. They had a they have a lot of firepower on those front lines, and I mean they they got the targets on their back, which is kind of interesting now because normally it's us. And now we kind of uh, we're kind of the chase pack in this situation instead of the uh, you know it's kind of good though to be the hunter not the hunted so yeah I'm excited for this game because I think this kind of really feels like feels like a revenge game a little bit yeah and it's only the first couple the first game of the season really in conference play but it feels kind of like. Yeah. This is like, yeah, it's going to get real. And I mean, especially for the beginning, this game is going to have way more implication than just a first conference game of the yeah. season. This one has way more
1: marbles on the table. Well, toss it back to last year. We were still close in those three match or those three sets that we played. I mean, we, it was, I think what, three to one, but the two, we won the first one, but the last two were within like five points of each other. Yeah. So it's not like they've run away with the matchup that we've been able to play against them, but I'm really looking forward to this especially we got Katie O'Connell, we got Sam Herman, we got some very good players coming back and it's going to be a great uh great great matchup.
2: Yeah, I I'm, I'm really excited and I mean <coughs> really the the biggest thing like I've I've seen so far with with our teams is if we can get in front of the net and we can commit less errors. We're one of the best teams in the country, not just the conference. When we limit those err like those turnovers, those errors, those miss hits, those miss digs, and we can get on the front line and show our firepower, it really just translates into why that we are the, been the favorite for the last couple of years, and there's for good yeah. reason why. And I mean, we've gotten a, Like a lot of people were like, "Yeah, we were. We're gonna lose some people last year," and I mean, obviously we did. But I mean. We still got the firepower still there. I mean, we we were, I mean, we just mentioned Sam and we just mentioned Katie. I mean, Keona Salesman, Kira Merkel. That they they've been key pieces so far. And I mean, you got all a lot of other players as well that are that are going to be in a lot of these games. I mean, we mentioned um, Hannah Dulapé, who had a huge game. Um, last week um, in their tu- in the tournament at Tyler, Texas so she's going to she might be in line for some for some elevated playing time and then you always, you obviously got Claire Nowicki um, and you got all, all these other players like Kaylee Matt who's been an assist machine with that one game that she had earlier this season that was absolutely nuts and then Brooke Norder of course in the back so it's going to be a fun game and I'm really excited to see how that we respond because I mean it's going to be oh, it's, it's got a lot of implications and I don't want to keep saying that because like, you don't want to put any more pressure on. And I there is no there is really no pressure right now in this spot. But I know that there's going to be already added added pressure just because of the fact that they're the top dogs. We lost to them last year in this same scenario. Now it's comeback time. It's revenge oh, yeah. time. Northern Michigan's on the clock, and that time's finally come. So it's just going to be electric. And I really wish it was at home, but I'm, I'm still confident in them on the road, and I hope mm-hmm. they can get the job done.
1: Yep, and some uh, matchups coming around, uh, kicking off GLIAC play for volleyball. Grand Valley State is going to be taking off, w- taking on one of the top dogs, Michigan Tech. No pun intended, the Huskies. Uh, but Ferris, uh, like we said, Ferris State is going to be taking on Northern Michigan today. Uh, these are all taking place today as well, actually. Uh, and then Northwood at 7 o'clock is going to be taking on Saginaw Valley. Lake Superior State is going to be taking on Wayne State at 7 o'clock as well. And then tomorrow, Purdue Northwest and Parkside are going to be starting off GLIAC play at 3 p.m. at Parkside. Yeah,
2: it's gonna be fun. And then one other note to mention: Fair State Cross Country in action today when this episode comes Ayo. out. Friday, the seventeenth, at Friday. Michigan State, gonna be taking on some of those fun teams in the Division One era. Yeah, Grand Valley. I'm just kidding. Start but fast. Yes.
1: Run fast, finish fast. That's what I always say. That's a pretty good
2: model. I'll, I'll definitely try my best. Yeah. But now going to be some good competition there. So going to be an exciting... So you can check that out at Bulldogs.com to see results from not only that race, but all the sports coming this weekend. Because it's it's frankly going to be a blast. But before we move on, huge shout out to ESPN's Kevin Aghani for coming and having a great conversation with us on Wednesday night. I mean, huge thanks to him. All the insight that he brought was it was just phenomenal, Joe. I yeah. know that you I got a lot of it or I a got lot out of it. Of it. Yeah, it was, me too. And I mean it was just super fun just having that Ooh. whole audience with us, both on Zoom virtually and in person. I mean it was just a great message. And yeah. I also shout out to Gil bransford for, for making it impossible. A Ferris former or a former Ferris alum now mm-hmm. in the ESPN tracks that got us a connection. We appreciate it. But if you want to hear more amazing sports speakers, a lot of news on the industry and how to potentially get in there in the sports industry and get a job in sports. Sports Careers RSO is the slam dunk home run, y'all. Me and Joe can give you first-hand perspective on it. It is an amazing RSO. If you want a career in sports, you need to be here in Fair State University and the Sports Careers RSO. For more information, find them on Bulldog Connect or even... Reach out to us on the show. We can yeah. we can make such connections. We'll let you know actions. when we
1: meet and all that. Good, all that all that business. But yeah, it was such a great experience on Wednesday being around with friends and being able to see Kevin Nagani just being a Zoom call with him was super cool. And yeah. just All the all the experience that he had and just kind of letting us know like, hey, it's not an easy thing, but once you once you love what you do and if you strive to be the best, you'll be able to get anywhere you want. So again. Kevin, I know you're listening to this episode. I know you are. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Really, really really appreciate it. Yeah, I mean,
2: his, the stories that he had and his inspiration and his passion was just, oh my goodness. It was just like, Pretty that's the guy honestly. that you want to follow the footsteps in. That yeah. is a guy that you want to really take some of the things that he's really perfected and put them in your arsenal for whatever you're going into whether it's the passion whether it's the personality whether it's the expertise because he knows so much about the industry and sports altogether that it's just it's absolutely amazing and we can't we can't express our gratitude more than what we are right
1: now i mean it, it was just an amazing event it really inspired me yeah, me too. It was a great one to be at. But uh, you know, sports are kind of getting a little bit slow here, here and there. We're kind of getting into like the into the full swing of everything. Yeah. Uh, now with football and kind of everything coming around, I mean, NHL is gonna be starting up soon. But one thing that I am super excited for that we haven't talked about in a while, Brandon.
2: Oh, I know where this is going. Is golf? We Absolutely. haven't talked about golf in a while,
1: and one of the biggest events, the Ryder Cup, is Ryder coming Cup's up. Ryder Cups back canceled last year because of COVID. Ryder Cup arguably the greatest experience for fans other than the waste management because there's just no rules there. Yep. The Ryder Cup has basically given us some of the greatest golf moments in all of golf history, and what better time to do it than now? The 2020 Ryder Cup postponed to 2021. U.S. team is looking pretty good. We'll go over it. There's going to be a little bit of things to talk about especially, but uh, the U.S. team is going to be taking on the Europe team uh, at Whistling Straits. Golf Club in Kohler, Wisconsin. Going to be a great experience. Can't wait to watch it.
2: Yeah, I mean, Whistling Straits is just... It's just a really, really tough course, and I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily like the hardest. I mean, we could compare it to Wingfoot. Wingfoot's gonna win nine times out of ten in every category that yeah, you're talking with that about. Basically,
1: I mean, five-inch rough that they had.
2: Yeah, I mean, that stuff's ridiculous. But I mean, Whistling Straits is a tough course. I mean, there's some definitely some holes that are very gettable, but and then there's some that you're just like, oh, I'm, I'm playing for par in this one. I'm not taking any risks, and it's just that kind of a layout. So it's gonna it's gonna be a really fun matchup. And I mean, one of the things that's really big for me is like looking at our roster I'm not sure how this is going to go as far as the Team USA side because I mean there's definitely some there's, some there's some beef in there. There's some, gonna be some beef there's on, some, on that team. There's some
1: water boiling. I mean we got so we'll go through the whole uh roster here yeah. real quick. I forget who the captain is, but uh regardless, we'll go through Daniel Berger, Patrick Cantley, Bryson DeShambeau, you, Brooksy, uh Harris English, Tony Fino, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, oh Colin Morikawa, Xander Shoffley, your guy Brandon, Scotty Scheffler, Jordan Spieth, and Justin Thomas. The big names Bryson, Brooksy DeChambeau, and Brooks Kepka. That's like two Rams buttonheads. I don't know if those two guys are going to be able to get along too well. But luckily, golf is a more individualized sport than a team sport, so they might be on the same team. But I don't know if they're going to be hanging out too much uh, together. So we'll see how it goes for Team USA. But I'm I'm liking our I'm liking our uh, our group kind of. Oh
2: yeah, I think it's a cr- I think it's a well put out team because you got a lot of variety. You got the experience. You got the young guys that really don't have anything on the table besides playing good. Like they yeah. they they have that head high mentality right now being on this team. I mean especially like you have the like we just mentioned like with Daniel Berger and Morikawa um, is still very young into the game and he's doing a great job. Um, the captain is Steve Stricker is, yeah, is yeah. The, the captain for this year's as well as Fred Couples is the vice captain Jim Furyk Love as well. I see it. I mean just out of those guys. right? right there you got so much experience and then obviously zach johnson davis love and our favorite phil mickelson will also be a vice captain so i mean this this u.s team is going to look very good and i think there's a lot of great like are there's a there's going to be a lot of great golf being played i mean looking overall at whistling straights i mean the one thing that you definitely you got to hit your spots and i mean obviously it's like yeah it's golf you need to hit your spots but i mean this course momentarily if you miss Ugh, it's going to get it's ugly it's not going to be great because i mean this is not your this is not your your typical country club downtown where you got you got the fairway and then you got the rough and then you got the, the the heavy rough and then you got some of the the weeds. I mean, if you miss off of some of these, they're downhill into divots into bushes. I mean, it's in it like you can go Google pictures of it right now yeah. and you'll see what I'm saying. There's elevation everywhere that there, there's natural features of sand everywhere and I mean, the fairways get pretty tight. So this one this is going to be very interesting to see especially yeah. with guys like Bryson who often elect to take the distance over the placement. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting to see, especially how he plays the course, because, I mean, if he misses as well, I mean, he's, he might have some beef with uh,
1: some of his card mates, even on his own team, if you know <laughs> where I'm getting with this, you know? Well, like, and especially, like, a lot of the other events that he plays is, we've seen holes where he falls apart. He'll shank one, like... 290 out to the right in a terrible slice. And then he's going to have to come back and he might make a double bogey in the best scenario. So it's a situation where he's got to kind of figure out. And I mean, now that's a team event. It's like, you got to kind of play through kind of what everybody else is going. And team USA is going to have their work cut out for him, especially with team Europe, who's going to be consisting of the Englishman, Paul Casey, Matt Fitzpatrick, Tommy Fleetwood, Tyrell Hatton, and Lee Westwood and Ian Poulter. And then you got the Irishman, Roy McIlroy and Shane Lowry. And then from, uh, Sweden, Victor Hovland, and then the Spanish, John Rahm and Sergio Carzia, and then Bern Weisenberger of Austria. So that's a solid team that's going to be taken on Team USA. Who, you know, have a lot of success under the belt. You have Tommy Fleetwood, who's one of the best short game players in the all of the in the whole PGA right now. Roy McElroy, who has some one of the greatest ball striking abilities. You have John Rahm, who, unless he gets COVID for the eighteenth time or whatever, he <laughs> yeah. should be fine. And then you have Sergio Garcia, who still is not in I mean, a little bit past his prime, but nonetheless he's still one of the better players on the tour right now. And then Matt Fitzpatrick, who's a promising young talent as well. Victor Hovland, who's been able to do well as uh, uh, additionally, so it's going to be a great, great matchup between the two teams, and I can't wait to watch.
2: Yeah, and I think like the biggest thing that comes out to me is like seeing a lot of these guys and kind of looking, knowing some of their games pretty well. Like when you look at the U.S. versus um, Team Europe, like a lot of the times it kind of seems like a battle of of power over finesse. And it's kind of like a really interesting to see how it plays out because, I mean, with a lot like, I mean, you just mentioned Rory McIlroy. He is one of the best ball strikers in the game and he's one of those guys that... Can shape almost almost anything. Like he can make any sort of shot that he wants to in the flight path. John Rahm is a magician. He can do a lot of crazy things Wait, with. We've gr- seen his
1: hole in ones a couple times. Yep,
2: I mean, and I mean, with the putting that he had earlier this season, like anything's possible with him. And I mean, you got some of these guys like Victor Hovland that, that can get a hold of the ball and they, he can do some magical things, especially with irons. So I mean, it's going to be fun. And then obviously on the other side, you got. The, the you got some of the big dogs I mean we mentioned Bryce and Brooks some of two of the f- hardest drivers on the tour as far as distance is concerned and then you got other guys like Harris English who's been on a really good run as of late and he's been very hot and he's been in consistently in a lot of these tournaments as well as former uh, number 1 Dustin Johnson as well so and even Justin Thomas i mean it's it like the Ryder Cup is just so fun because it's kind of like an all-star game but it's yeah. way more competitive and there's actually something to play for
1: you yeah. know that's like the one thing that I love about the. I mean, the Ryder Cup, especially. Like one of my favorite moments was when Patrick Reed and Royal McIlroy showed down. I forget that that whole round where where uh, where they faced off, and you know, you had Royal McIlroy silencing the crowd in America. You had Patrick Reed, who was. During his putt, was throwing his hands up, trying to get everybody loud. It was basically not what you would think you would see on a golf course. But nonetheless, Ryder Cup brings out the best competition, I think, out of everybody on tour. Because, you know, it adds a whole different thing into it. Playing for your country, from what I can imagine, just adds something into, into competition that not a lot of things can really invoke. And I think when you have that, especially for guys like Bryson DeChambeau, Brooks Kepka, Patrick Kenley, all of Team USA, who are going to be proud to play for the red, white, and blue, and then you toss it over for Team Europe, you know, it's a different situation, you're not really playing for your country, you're more playing for the continent, but regardless, you're still representing who, like, you are, basically, as a people. It's something where the, the grit and the competitiveness and the truthfulness to the game is something that's been unmatched, basically, for the whole, basically, for how long the Ryder Cup's been around.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's just such a it's just such a historical event, and just the fact that we're continuing it year after year, and how it like every playing field just is a little bit differently, and a lot of the older guys are back, and they're like they're picking the teams. I mean, we just mentioned Padraig Harrington and yeah. Steve Stricker as the captains. I mean, they've been in the game for a long time, and I mean, just the historical factors, like you mentioned. I mean, it's it's absolutely fantastic, and I mean, you're gonna be looking forward to it this upcoming weekend. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a blast to watch for sure.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, it's it's. I don't know who's gonna win, honestly, because you have a a solid mix of world rankings in both teams. You know, one to I think it's like twenty. I forget who the lowest is, but I think it's around like the twenties is where they're ranked. But nonetheless, it's gonna be a great competition. Uh, who do you got, Brandon? Make a call out. No. Oh. A. Yeah, of course it's USA. These colors I don't. Like have These to. colors don't run, baby. These no. colors don't run. Red, white, and blue. God bless America. God bless America. That's right. I mean, I you just
2: I don't know like I just feel like the the US just has so much talent and I'm not saying Europe doesn't, but I mean with this course, I think I mean, it's going to be interesting just the fact that like a lot of the holes are going to be um like I mean just especially the the bayside holes are going to be really fun to watch like yeah. in hole number 4 and hole number uh, 2 that are right there off the right off the bay. So, I mean, I think with just the fact of how uh, open a lot of these greens are I mean not necessarily they're not necessarily easy but they're easy to get to like I mean they're big greens like there's a lot of big greens yeah like they're going to be in that position where we can take advantage of hey we're 210 out Let's take it. Let's go yeah, let's for, go for it. it. Where we have that little bit of more aggression. So I think I gotta take the US because I think like Europe's got the finesse, but I think we've got the overall ability to get there faster. And I think that with some of the putts that we've made, especially with a lot of these teams so
1: far, yeah. US is in great shape. And we've talked about how rowdy like these crowds get, and then you're talking about how they're in America. So you definitely know that there's gonna be a huge like boost behind the team USA. Because like you're gonna have these guys who I mean the 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 signs that say quiet down are only gonna last for so long you know it's not mm-hmm. gonna be like it's it's gonna be the guys who are just gonna be quieting down just because the signs is there and that's the one good thing about the Ryder Cup like we've talked about already is like it's it's no holds barred it's USA versus Europe it's one of the, I mean it's one of the oldest rivalries ever mm-hmm. probably I, of world history obviously but yeah I mean it, it goes
2: back to American goes back Revolution. to oh yeah
1: 1777 these cars don't run. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah
2: How wonderful We got some US history As, we, the say, show. <laughs> As we
1: say Some Come of the people On the Europe team Are like from like Spain So they don't even They don't, they don't even Involved with it Yeah that
2: reference Was totally irrelevant I guess hey, to half that team Doesn't even matter Well team USA, I mean half of it
1: It would But you know USA all the way That's all yeah, I gotta say I was about, just about it. to
2: say Beef was settled in 1776 So Oh yeah Move along. Anyway, <laughs> into our last subject. We're going game by game with the NFL predictions week two. Not as elaborate as last time, because I think you guys could probably snooze a little bit, which is oh, okay. Yeah. We have And we got,
1: I got class soon, so, you know. Yeah, that is happens. true. Joe does have we're class. Squeezing, we're, it's a busy week this week. We're, we're squeezing in for you guys. We're squeezing in the content. So, but
2: um, without further ado, going to be, we'll, we'll make our predictions now. We promise we did not record this after the game was over. So, you're getting our true Thursday at 3.44 p.m., trademark it now. Now, mark my voice of the prediction of the Thursday night game, Giants versus Washington. I'm going to have to go with the Washington football team. And the reason I say that, I picked them last week. Didn't work out for me. I get it. The Chargers are a good team. Their offense figured it out. But I think this week is going to be different. And I know... Fitzpatrick's out. I know. Trust me. I know how bad it's going to be. But this defense is enough to get it done. And I think with that 4-0 mark the Giants have been against Washington since 2019, it's standing out. And I think this, this Washington football team is too good. And right now... I think this is going to be a big breakout game for Terry McLaurin. He did not have very many targets from Ryan Fitzpatrick in Week 1. Taylor Heineke loves to throw to Terry McLaurin, and he's going to be in that starting spot as of now. And I think this is going to be a great opportunity for Washington to have a bounce-back game. They are the favorites in this game, and I'm going to take them to win. I'm going to say they're going to win by three in this Thursday night game. I think it's going to be a little higher than we're expecting, like probably like 28-25 or 30-27, but still going to be a great Thursday night game. and I think Washington's defense is going to win it out because they're going to score on the
1: other side of the ball. Yeah, and like that's the thing, because like Giants, they probably have Saquon back, but Saquon only had like what three fantasy points last week. Like he did not perform. Yeah. They and limited you can, him a little bit. You can yeah, you can blame it on that. You can blame it on him just coming back, nursing the injury a little bit, just so that way he's not just gonna have one game, then it's gonna be hey guess what Achilles again, and it's gonna be a busted career. I still don't think that they're gonna be able to top Washington for the main reason that. Chase Young is on the other side of the ball, and he'll be able to plug up the holes if need be. And I, like you said, they're going to be able to score on the other side of the ball. And the Giants' defense, I just don't think has the has the has the ability to stop the ball in ways that like are going to be able to you know positively give them position on the field or positively maybe get some points on the other side. So that's why I got to go with Washington. I think it's going to be maybe a touchdown instead. I think it's going to be a little bit more than three, but. Nonetheless, Washington's going to be taking this one.
2: Yeah, it's going to be a good matchup. I'm excited for this NFC East matchup on Thursday Night Football. Moving into the Sunday matchups. First one, AFC East battle Patriots and Jets. Joey, go first.
1: Oh, you know, it's a tough one. I think Zach Wilson's going to be able to take it here. Nah, it's going to be Patriots, I think. Ah, Okay. Yeah, I think Mac Jones is gonna be able to kind of brush off from last week. Gonna be able to pick up the W because the Jets, like in preseason, they were looking solid. But like, then again, it's preseason. Like you're not playing the best guys that you have possible against these teams. So, and I think Zach Wilson, like he's solid, but he's not at the point yet. And like we've seen when they played Carolina last week against Josh, uh, Josh Darnold, or Sam, hmm. Josh, Josh Darnold, Sam, Sam Darnold. I was gonna Josh say Allen, Josh Sam Darnold. Darnold, same draft. Go I was ahead. gonna say Josh Darnold, the guy from. Uh, uh, f- baseball or whatever but oh, uh, Sam yeah. Darnold like we've seen that the Jets have a problem right now and that's it's not because they can't find a quarterback it's not because they can't find the right guys for the position well it is because they can't find the right guys for the position but it's just because they're not a good team overall and I think that's why Mac Jones is going to be able to lead the Patriots and they're just going to be a little bit more solid uh, than the than the Jets I'm going to go probably by a score and a half by 10 yeah good pick I'm going to go with the
2: Patriots as well I think that you are excited if you're a Patriots fan after watching Mac Jones doesn't matter if you lost 17-16 in Miami he looked great yeah. and he still provided in key moments to still keep them in the game I mean obviously there were some things that you could have did better and that defense played really well Jets haven't figured it out yet. They're gonna get it clicking maybe for a couple weeks here, but it's not gonna be against Bill Belichick, especially not in September. I'm gonna go with the Patriots. Broncos at Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence, not a great week in. Or I mean, against Houston, yeah, in week first one. loss. So is this gonna be a bounce back for Trevor Lawrence?
1: I don't know. That's the thing because you got Teddy Bridgewater on the other side who had a great performance last week. So yeah. it's just gonna be kind of the difference of who's gonna be able to show up. Trevor Lawrence either gonna. Be able to learn from his mistakes last week and be able to lead the team to a win, or are they going to lose to the Broncos? I think it's going to be Broncos by seven, mainly because Teddy Bridgewater is going to be able to bring his uh, his expertise and he's going to be able to play a little better. Because I don't know, I don't know if it's just because of the first loss or what, but I just don't know if Trevor Lawrence is going to be able to kind of lead this team. Because we've already seen, we, their Jaguars had high hopes. And they've been able to let people down, so I don't know. It's just a whole situation. So I think Broncos going to be winning by seven.
2: Yeah, I think right now I'm. I was on the. I was on Jacksonville train week one against the Texans. Texans proved me wrong, and they they really played pretty well last week. And I mean, especially considering the fact that many of them considered them to lose by thirty to a rookie quarterback. Like <laughs> they played really well, pounding them by thirty instead. And I think picking off Trevor Lawrence definitely demoralized him a little bit. I'm yeah. still a little hesitant on the fence with this one, and I think just the fact of them being at home, I think is going to be a little bit of a little bit of juice. Being back in Florida, I think that, that'll, that'll help them out a little bit. I mean, if we're talking mile high... I forgot high, that it was
1: back in Florida. Yeah, yeah, if
2: it's in mile high, I'm no de- question taking Denver, n- like, no no second no chance doubt about or whatever. Um, but I think I'm still going to... I'm going to go with Denver. I think this one might turn out closer than people realize, and I mean, I think it's just because, like... With Denver, you're not going to see blowouts on the offensive side of the ball, and I think Jacksonville is going to hang around a little bit. I think right now the spread's at six. I'm probably going to take this one probably, probably around four. I don't. I think it might be just a little bit over a field goal, uh, but I think that right now jacksonville's defense has not improved it's been so bad and until that changes i can't really take the chance on picking them and wasting a winner a winner sorry wasting a loss in these prediction counters so i'm gonna have to go with the broncos in this matchup another Mm -hmm. great afc matchup bills and dolphins i can go first on this one I picked, against, I picked against the Bills last week, and it worked out. Pittsburgh with the W, and I think it's going to go
1: the... No, haha, you
2: thought I said it was I was going to <laughs> say, no <laughs> way. No way you thought. do. They're not going to lose the I take Dolphins? Dolphins.
1: I could take Miami. Well, you're going to be wrong, but okay.
2: Yeah, I like Josh Allen too much. He's on my fantasy team. So. I, I am going to take too. Buffalo on this one. This is a great bounce-back opportunity. I mean, the Dolphins' defense is great, but I think right, like the Bills have their number. I think that's going to be... Bills played pretty decently, honestly, against Pittsburgh offensively. Like they just really, really kind of—they were super stagnant offensively, and that's really the only reason that they lost. Yeah. So I think Buffalo is going to get back on track, just like I predicted last week. It's just a bump in the road. We're looking downfield, not backwards. So we're going to be seeing the Bills on top in this one. I'm going to say by ten. I think this one's going to be a little bit farther win than people
1: realize. Bills are hungry. Let them eat. You almost I you basically said everything I was going to say except I was going to say by 7 cuz I think the All Dolphins right. will be 2 is going to be able to kind of lead them to a couple scores uh, and be able to kind of use his craftiness to be able to kind of light up the scoreboard a little bit but Bills and Josh Allen are going to be able to kind of outdo them just by a little bit so Bills by 7.
2: Okay, that's fair. Next one, is San Francisco against Philadelphia. This one going to be in Philly. Philly coming off a big win against Atlanta 49ers. Yeah. Detroit but, still, they looked pretty good in the first half. Both offenses were very good statistically. The Niners obviously didn't do as well defensively, giving up a lot of points to us right now. I believe that the I believe that the favorite is the Niners in this one, Joe. Are you going to go against the that's experts?
1: The thi- I don't know, dude, because that's the thing. Eagles look all right. Jalen Hurts was looking pretty solid. I mean, you got uh, Devontae Smith, who's also with him there, too, who's been able to play pretty well, but, like, I don't know. It's kind of a situation where you just kind of got to choose. I don't know. It's really tough because I do like Jalen Hurts, and I like the connection with Devontae now. But we've seen what the 49ers have been able to do. But they almost lost to the Lions. Yeah. So, like, who who's really the experts here? The people who think the people who almost beat almost lost to the Lions are going to win? I don't know. Sounds like you're on the Eagles train. I'm on the Eagles train. I'll go Eagles by, Eagles by five. Okay, Eagles by five. Eagles by five. I
2: feel like that's a good pick, and I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play, I'm gonna play devil's advocate here and go with the Niners, but I think that Philadelphia, could, like, like
1: that's the, you could go either way with this. Yeah, I think
2: Philadelphia is a great sneaky pick in this scenario, especially considering, like, I mean, um, not saying you're gambling or anything, but on the on the spread, I mean, it, I yeah, think it's like gambling, man. three. I think the spreads at like three. I think this game's gonna be close, and I think with the all, all the offenses overall, it might turn into a slugfest a little bit. But I mean, the, the Eagles have that def, that they have that defense. The Niners have a great defense. It's just keeping them all on the field, and that's the problem. And I think yeah. right now, like with the Eagles on the offensive line, like they're looking pretty solid. And they gave Miles Sanders a lot of room last week. The problem with it for me. Atlanta's defense is not good and they really have struggled to revamp it and they're, they're they do not have a capable front seven to even go against an average and or, or an offensive excuse me average NFL offensive line so I think that's going to be a little bit of an issue for me and that'll get us our first difference in pick I'm going to take the 49ers this week but I think it's going to be close I'm going to say one or two it's going to be a uh, this one's going to be a barn burner in my mind so I'm going to go there the next one Rams, Colts. This one I think mm. is going to be fun. I think the Rams showed out this week, and they will. I think they. I think they're going to continue it. Not a huge fan of what we saw from Carson Wentz in Week One. I mean, that team just kind of. Did, they didn't have the it. They they just didn't have the it. And they didn't I didn't have really, what it needed to. It was really hard, and I really loved what the Rams are doing right now. And I think defensively, they made some mistakes, and they only gave up. 14, or was it 14 or 17 in Chicago? 17? Uh, I think it was 17. 17. Yeah, that's... 14, 14. Easily in my mind. I think this offense has even higher upside and this defense going to show out again, and right now, not loving what I'm going to see from the Colts as far as them trying to throw on the Rams as opposed to vice versa. Because I think the Colts have a great front seven. I think that their DBs have been falling back a little bit than they were last year. And I think that's going to be exploited by Stafford. And I'm going to take the the Rams in this one. I'm going to say by seven. I'm going to say it's a
1: little higher. I was going to say by Rams by 14. Because you have Jalen Ramsey, wow. who's going to be a lockdown. Their top receiver. Their, I mean, Rams defense is one of the best in the league right now. Matt Stafford, I think, is loving the situation that he's in with the Rams. He should be. I'm pretty sure the receivers are loving the situation they are with the Rams. And also, just, I don't know, Matthew Stafford is a field general. I hate to have the, I just, I don't know. You can call me a Matt, like, I love Matt Stafford too much, but, like, I just love the situation that he's in. And he's been able to lead the Rams pretty solidly, and I think they're pretty happy with the situation as well. So, And I don't think Carson Wentz and the Colts are kind of gelling together as much as they were hoping to. I mean, they did play the Seahawks their first game. And they're facing the Rams now, which aren't isn't the best situation for your for your first two games. It's a rough road. But nonetheless, like it's a test is a test, and it's up to you to be able to overcome it and be able to win it. And I just don't think they'll be able to beat the Rams.
2: Yeah, I think this one's good. That one's gonna be an interesting game to see because both Rams defenses very good on last season. Uh, going next one, the Raiders against the Steelers. This one's going to be interesting in my mind, and it's kind of funny to see the Raiders right now have statistically the number one offense as far as yards are concerned.
1: Who would have Um, thought?
2: Who would have thought? Definitely not me. Um, But I think um, this one's hard for me because, like, the Steelers can be slightly I don't want to say the word fraudulent because I don't think that's a true testament to what we see. I think the lack of inconsistency might be just a bad, a little bit of a better phrase for it. Yeah. But I right now like the Raiders lost they lost a lot. I mean, that some of their front seven's gone now and they, on the other <coughs> side is well in the O-line. I mean, they they just had a lot of injuries, so it's hard for me to go that direction and i think right now like i'm i mean i got family ties with pittsburgh and i don't think i can get away from them yet i think we might see a little bit of a run not gonna say it's the same as what we saw last season with pittsburgh but i think it's going to be just enough to get by the raiders and i think they're going to win by 3
1: yeah um raiders played solid like the last couple outings that they've had but I mean Steelers their defense I think is just a little bit better than what the Raiders are used to I mean they played the Ravens last time and the Ravens have a solid defense but not as good as the Steelers in my opinion but I'm gonna go Steelers yeah three I was gonna say that same thing it's it's gonna be a close game but Steelers are just gonna edge it out
2: yeah I think it's I think this is gonna be I mean this is gonna be hard-nosed hard-nosed football if you want two franchises historically to go against each other in a battle of smash mouth offenses those are the two you go to right immediately so that's gonna be a fun matchup uh cincinnati gonna be traveling over to the windy city of chicago uh i think i i I might as well start this one i was gonna have the point of right now um with the the fair state torch i had put out like um a love hate start sit for each week and i'd have joe burrow on my sit list this week and i'll hear i'll tell you why statistically Soldier Field is one of the worst quarterback stadiums as far as for opposing quarterbacks. I mean you look at last season defensively they held I believe the number was to just over 200 yards a touchdown and a pick. When I look at Cincinnati that's going to mean that they're going to have to run all over the place which I mean Chicago can has locked down a little bit. I mean in the passing game Chicago struggled a little bit but I think this is a game where they get back on track and I mean Andy Dalton against the Bengals. Who better to to carve up that offense or carve up their defense when you know their former schemes? So I think yeah. this one's going to be the first win of the season for Chicago, and I mean it's I'm I'm gonna bet against the Bengals again, and I'm gonna if I if if I get bit in the butt, oh well, I mean, I'm I gonna would, take the Bears in this one to get their first win.
1: I would love to see a little bit like Justin Fields get a little bit more action, just so we can kind of see a rematch of that of national championship or not that national championship game, but that uh just. I mean, two great quarterbacks, two young great quarterbacks facing off against each other, but I don't know. I think just because it's at Soldier Field and like just the fan base that the Bears have and what they've been able to bring to the table, I think, I don't know if the Bengals will be able to have it. I mean, they they have gotten better with their offensive situation, especially with Jamar Chase and that connection with Joe Burrow, but... I mean the Chicago Bears—they're pretty deep in the quarterback spot. They're used to that situa- that situation. It's the Windy City for a reason, so it's going to be a little bit more of a of a uh, weather dependent weather dependent. It's going to be a little bit more kind of an adjustment for Cincinnati to make. So, I'll <coughs> excuse me. I'll go. I'm gonna go Cincinnati by three. Okay.
2: I just realized I didn't make a I didn't make a score prediction on this one. I'll say. Say bears by eight. Switching, bears by eight. Switch, switched up a little bit. I, it's gonna be a lot bit I think this could be. Think. I think this could be a little bit more of an aggressive. It's gonna game, be adjustment
1: so. for Joe Burrow to, for Joe Burrow and. Uh at the quarterback spot, but nonetheless, I think he'll be able to make it.
2: Yeah, I think it'll be all right. I think that the Bengals are going to be fine. I think they're in a good spot right now. Mm-hmm. Next game's Browns against the Texans, and I mean they're hating on the Texans after the performance they put on last week. I mean, I Tom, come. On, let's not get too crazy. Browns were a great team last week, and they showed it. I almost got my crazy upset pick of the Browns over the Chiefs. I had it through three quarters, but we obviously know what happened next but I'm going to ride with the Browns again to get their first win. I think Baker's going to outplay Tyrod Taylor, and I think that secondary is really going to lock down that offensive attack. Oh, yeah. And it's going to be interesting to see what... Um, mark Ingram's going to do because he had a pretty bell cow heavy leak last week if he's going to be able to replicate it against the Browns I think that's going to be a big question Mark and I th- I have no concern that the Browns are going to run over the, uh, that Texans front and I think that that's going to be the difference in this game. I'm going to say the Browns are going to win this one I'm going to say they're going to win this one by 13 over the Texans
1: mm. I'll, I was going to say the same thing I don't think I mean, Texans were able to get... You
2: weren't going to say 13, were
1: you? (coughs) No, I think... No, no chance, no chance. (laughs) Uh, You know, because Browns are... I mean, they faced off against the Chiefs the first week. I mean, Texans got the win against the Jaguars. But, I mean, it's really just because it's a new system that they're working with. They got a brand new head coach, brand new quarterback. It's just a lot of transitioning that they're making. And to get the first win that you have with all that going on would be very impressive. But Texans, I think, just had a very good performance. I don't think they'll be able to replicate that against the Browns just because Baker is a little bit more of a veteran quarterback. They have a established system that they've been working with for the past couple of years. And, you know, you have Odell and you have all those uh, weapons that you can have on the outside. So I don't think the Texans will be able to top the Browns. I'll say Browns by seven.
2: Okay. I think this Texans team is better than I think a lot of people realize. I think they really are, yeah. and I they're think not it's going to be interesting. Gr- they're
1: not great, but they're better than bad, if that makes sense. Yeah.
2: I think this, this game is going to be interesting just because both teams are going to be relying on the ground game a lot, and I think that's just going to go back and forth, and it might be stagnant to really to say who's going to make the big plays in the air that could end up being the advantage. Yeah. And, I mean, right now, if you're going to trust me... I mean I'm going to be looking I think I mean obviously they're like Houston does have some better overall targets to throw to especially that Odell's going to be out for the second week in a row. Yeah. So I think Houston might have a little bit of an advantage here but that Cleveland that Cleveland back that secondary they are legit and I really love that those additions that they brought in especially guys like John Johnson mm-hmm. so uh, there's going to be super fun and and if they're going to have to rely on that big play playmaking speaking for the Texans of course it might be a long night for them because I think that secondary is going to beat them and eat them up uh, next game NFC South showdown Panthers and Saints right now going to be at Carolina Saints are favored and this one's going to be fun because there's two stats I have here for you Jameis Winston, this one is really peculiar. Jameis Winston had zero giveaways against Green Bay for the first time since week five in 2019. Back in 2019 was the last or what I believe was the first time he, in that season he had zero giveaways, which we know was rough for him in that year of 30. He had Winston had six giveaways, six, in the next game against who else but the Carolina Panthers in week six. So, that's going to be an interesting stat, but don't forget as well the Panthers have lost eight of their last nine against the Saints, including the playoffs, and Drew Brees has, was the starting QB in all eight wins, but when he did not play, that was the lone loss that the Saints had. Hmm. Very interesting when I was reading up on this. So there's reasons to take the Panthers, and I'm not going to do it. I'm going to take the Saints and Jameis Winston, and not because of Jameis Winston. That defense is Good and I think with the Packers, they played awful, but you got to give the Saints credit. They messed up that offensive scheme for the Packers. They really put them out of their comfort zone, and that's saying something with Aaron Rodgers because they lost Aaron Glenn, but they haven't lost a step. That secondary is still good. That front with Cameron Jordan is tearing stuff up, and they did that against the Packers. They only allowed, I believe, Aaron Jones like 30 yards, and Aaron Jones is a mean back. There's a reason that he goes in the top two rounds of fantasy every year. Give me the Saints. I'm giving them to me by seven.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I was going to go, I think Panthers. Okay. Because Sam Darnold, he had a very good performance last week. He've shown that it's not a Jets problem, or it's not a Sam Darnold problem. It's a Jets problem. He can lead an offense when he has the right people around him. And he played well. And the one thing that the Panthers have to figure out is how to be able to just combat that Saints offense. Because the Panthers, I think, will be able to consistently score, I'd say like, I mean, not like run all over the Saints' defense, but they'll be able to score like consistently and get some points up on the board. But it's all just how are the Panthers... It's just going to be up to the Panthers' defense to be able to lock down Jameis Winston, kind of flush him out of the pocket a little bit, get him a little bit more uncomfortable because he's a great quarterback who can do those things. But it's just consistently, if you can do that and make him throw a lot and make him make those mistakes because he has the history of throwing interceptions. And if you can get some free turnovers... Then, and let the offense do the work, and that's what they need to do. I'm going to go Panthers by, It's gonna. I'd say it's going to be a pretty high-scoring game, like probably up in the upper 20s, and it's going to be Panthers by three.
2: Okay, that's a, that's a good one. I think that's going to be interesting. If McCaffrey goes off, that could be a really legitimate possibility for the Panthers. Uh, speeding through here into the 4 o'clock games, Minnesota, Arizona, hard to pick against Arizona, especially after the, the week one that they had. Mm-hmm but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take Minnesota in this one, and the reason why, Kyler Murray has not played well in games where he's played against the Vikings. I mean, I think that he's had those historic woes against them, and I think it's just enough where it was a little bit of a foe. And, and he's I think, nagging on his mind a little bit. You I know? think it might just be a little bit there. And I know this This is going to be my bold prediction of the, this entire um, series, taking the Vikings. But I think with how they played against Cincinnati, they're angry. They're not happy. And Dalvin Cook sure is not happy because that he is better than what he showed on last Sunday. And I think he's going to open up against the Cardinals. Even with that front, I know it's crazy. But I think that the Vikings will have just enough to pull off a little bit of an upset. Over the Cardinals.
1: Hmm. I don't know. I think it's going to be the Cardinals. Just because the offense is a little bit too good for the Vikings, I think. And I don't know if the offense of the Vikings is... I mean, you said Dalvin Cook has got a chip on his shoulder coming this week. But still, I don't know if that's going to be enough to really propel that high-scoring offense that the Cardinals have to be able to like overpower them at all. So, I don't know. I'm going to go Cardinals by, by 7. Okay. And it'll be a little bit high-scoring. Probably low 20s, but... Yeah. Okay. Cardinals by seven. Did I say Vikings score? You said no. No, you I did Vikings. not.
2: Give me by what the heck? By one. Why not? By one. By one. Close game. Close, close game. Close game. Why not? Uh, next game, Tampa Bay, Atlanta. Won't take too much time on this one, I don't think. Atlanta
1: by a mile. Oh <laughs> no, Buccaneers. <Well. laughs> Buccaneers got it. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna say Tampa by seventeen. I mean, you saw you saw Tom Brady's video that he had. He had three twenty eight in the back in the background. Yeah, he subtly. knows
2: he knows what game's coming. He oh, knows. Yeah. And He's I mean the Falcons unload. are
1: coming off the loss against the Eagles, so Where and they the Buccaneers very poorly. Buccaneers are way better, and they're not even playing at Mercedes Benz; they're playing in Tampa. So
2: yeah, every sign should indicate to Tampa. Bucks by like fourteen. Tampa. Bucks right? by fourteen. I'll say
1: seventeen. Yeah. we'll
2: see who turns out on top. Uh, it, it might even be higher. Next game: Probably. Tennessee, Seattle from, well, it's not Questfield anymore, whatever whatever stadium it's called uh, in Seattle, but I think it's going to be a game of who is going to win the turnover battle, because, I mean, we saw Tennessee struggle a little bit, and I think we're going to see a little bit of that same, uh, I think we're going to see a little bit of the same where Tennessee really, like, they found those, they found those blips, those, those quick jolts back of energy, and then they tried to go back to the old, they tried to keep giving Derrick Henry the ball they kept trying those those deep plays again where really it's a time and a place, and also, they didn't run any play action on Sunday, and that was a big question mm-hmm. mark that I know the Titans had. I think they might see it a more, little more this week, but that Seattle defense showed me they showed me a little something, and I, I really like what I saw, so I'm going to go with Seattle in this one. I think, the, I think definitely, if anything comes down to it, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a little bit of a home field advantage, but I think Russell Wilson's going to have a great overall passing game. I think he's going to get in between and find those seams against a little bit of a Vulnerable Titans secondary. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say Seattle gonna win this one by ten.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna say so as well. I got DK Metcalf in my fantasy, so hopefully he goes off. But it's just gonna come down to can they kind of contain Derrick Henry, make him so that he's not gonna be as much of a force uh, up the middle. And if they can do that, I don't know if they're gonna if the excuse me if the Titans will be able to kind of be able to recuperate and try to find anybody else to really do some damage on the offensive side. So I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Seahawks by seven.
2: Okay, that's a very fair one. Uh, The next one, Cowboys against the Chargers. This one, the final Sunday afternoon game on slate again on on CBS. Ooh, this one has a little bit of intrigue to it. We saw a pretty good performance from the Chargers. It's definitely
1: not one-sided. Let me tell you what.
2: Yeah, I think this one's really interesting to me because, like, when you looked in originally, this is what we were going to see. We were going to say. Dallas offense against Chargers defense, no, hundred percent. Brandon Staley comes in, and you got Dallas bringing back Dak in that crew. You were like, yeah, instantly offense defense. Now it's flipped. We're we're looking at Dallas's defense that played pretty well against Tampa against Justin Herbert. So now it gets even more interesting because yeah. you have the the ability to look you, at analytics and have the like just trying to project and make all these hypotheticals on what's going to happen and i think a lot of them are going to the the cowboys even though this game's at the chargers i think this game's going to be very interesting because i think that there's one thing that's kind of holding me back from like making a definite pick is being confident in one running game over the other because i think right now the chargers overall have the better front but I don't know if I can take Dallas losing an, another game. I think that they're a good team, and I think they deserve to be a team that's 1-1. One and, one. and I just don't know if I trust Zeke Elliott yet. I mean, I think that the scheme of the game was a little bit all out of his favor, so I think I would give him that. But, I mean, right now the Chargers look very good on paper. Nah, paper doesn't always win games. I don't know why I'm going to do this, but I'm going to take the Cowboys to win this one. I think it's going to be a close one. I'm going to I'm going to say bye... Have I not said five yet?
1: What you, the have. you have. Yeah, I said oh, five. did I say
2: five? Darn it. You say it again. What have I not said yet?
1: Dude. Nine. Let's go with nine. Nine. <laughs> Cowboys by nine. Gonna go, what am
2: I talking about right now?
1: I was going to go Cowboys again because we've seen Dak healthy. Wow. We've seen okay. his ability to you know lead the offense, and he played very well. And the the whole team played well. I mean, they're missing... Was it Gallup that got injured? Or he's, Gallup's know? hurt. Gallup's hurt, so it's going to be a little bit different with the offensive scheme, of course, but nonetheless... Uh, I'm really hoping that they're going to be able to do some well. And the defense played phenomenally well, considering the circumstances that it is a Cowboys defense. And it coming up against the Chargers, it's Justin Herbert, who is a very good quarterback, but he's still young. And, you know, you can be a great quarterback. You can lead teams and this, that, and the other thing when you're young. But it's like, it's still just that fact that you are a young quarterback in the NFL is one of the main reasons why people doubt. You know, so that's like one of the big things. I think I'm going to go Cowboys by seven. Okay. I mean, I've said seven so many times, but that's what I think it is going to be. Yeah, that's
2: a very common. I will revert my, I'm going to revert my score. Um, because I mean, I didn't take originally into account of the loss of Lyle Collins, the loss of DeMarcus Lawrence, so I and I mean my Michael Gallup I knew about, but I mean just considering those guys on the other side of the ball, it does scare me a little bit that this won't get this. Ne- this could get necessarily a little bit more out of hand scoring wise. I think I'm going to revert to that. I, now I won't say five. I'll say say three. Uh, that the cow. I don't know why I'm picking the Cowboys right now. I'm really kind of regretting my decision, but I'm just going to move on to the next game. So I can't I can't take it back. Uh, Kansas City against the Ravens. Uh, hmm. I, I try, yeah, now I'm not betting against Chiefs again. Chiefs this time by 10. I think Ravens will get a. They'll be able to run the ball a little bit, but I think it's not going to be enough to outsling Patrick Mahomes, and I think they're going to get the job done. Yeah, Chiefs. Five. I
1: was going to say, yeah, I was going to am I gonna, picking five? Five. I'll Why? do Chiefs by 6 We I'm going <laughs> to oh, go Chiefs by okay. six. <laughs> That's fair.
2: Okay. I I think this is going to be a big game. Yeah, it's going to be a good one I, to watch. going to be a good fun one. Final one. Well, Our
1: Lions versus the lackluster Packers. Oh, man. Lions, Jared Goff led, going to come in hot. I, I think Lions are going to be better than what they played last week.
2: I think they could. I mean, if they play like they do in the second half, and if Aaron I Rogers, have consideration of And if Aaron
1: Rodgers still wants to trade and plays garbage, and they got to toss Jordan Love in there, do you know how much pressure Jordan Love's going to have? Mm-hmm. It's going to be, hey... You're going to be the guy, so do something well or else our fan base is going to hate you. So mm-hmm. no pressure, but go crazy. And, you know, Jared Goff, he already knows his situation. I mean, Rams don't want him. Lions, can toler- Lions fan base can, can tolerate, tolerate him. him. That's so not it's a like, great word. He's, he's in a situation where it's all right. So I think Lions are going to win. And I'm going to call it out now.
2: Wow. By
1: three. Can I join you
2: on that train? Yes. Why not? Lions by seven. Heyo. Okay. Bigger. Okay. Here's what I'm. I'm gonna be the Homer and say Lions win, just because why not? But I think in reality, in my analyst perspective, that this is a perfect situation for Green Bay. I think it really is. And I mean, Aaron Rodgers, he's six and zero after a loss under Matt Lafleur since 2019 and he, he's carved up defenses and who else has been dominant against the Lions but with a running game on the other side so I think the Packers will win this game uh, I'm going to be rooting for the Lions all the Excuse way me. but I think this is going I okay let me put my analyst cap back on put on my analyst voice Packers are going to win this game by 13 <laughs> now I'm back to my regular I think the Lions will win this game by 7 because why not and I'm on the homer train Joe join me on the homer train one pride
1: one people who that
2: just kidding i'm not a saints uh, fan but i think the lions will win this game this is perfect
1: opportunity for packers
2: though so eh, i'm i'm a little scared i admit yeah. it. especially on monday night football
1: it's going to be a close game but i think ugly. i think the lions are going to be able to pull it off
2: okay straight up i'm going to i'm going to join you on that train Ow, but geez. i just i'm just going to say don't be surprised if the packers unleash that's what i'm going to say because they yeah. are a good football not team gonna lie, and they're it's better. probably going
1: to happen and the packers are better than the lions but hey might not know. be wrong, representing One, your own team. Yeah, might as well. Might as well. But thank you guys for tuning in for a great episode. Make sure you follow our
2: picks and more at our Instagram and Twitter at the MVSP. And you also check us out on whatever podcast platform you're on. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, whichever. The whole deal. Browser that you listen to us. Make sure you hit follow, subscribe, Oh yeah, like um what's download if you're on spotify download Download, watch them again listen to them again if you also want to check out subscribe share yeah do everything just check us out shout us out and be on the lookout for some great news coming but until next time
1: take care everybody